Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. This sermon today, uh, you know, there's a book called Good to Great. I feel like this sermon's good, uh, but it could be great. Uh, today's Thursday, and uh, probably by Sunday, it could be great if I had time to finish it off. But I'm going to entrust that to you, that in the reflection on heroes, uh, you, your mind daydreams and you wander. And in that daydreaming and wandering, uh, the sermon comes from good to great. Uh, please pray with me. Spirit, we breathe. We breathe deeply. We give thanks for this moment in time, a Sunday morning, a Monday evening, a middle of the night on Wednesday, a chance to pause and reflect and be in the thin place of worship. May we have eyes to see and hearts to hear and know your love and grace as we journey. Be with us, we pray. Amen. So tonight is Halloween, uh, the 31st of October, the night of costumes, superheroes, and masks. A time of superheroes, robes, and masks. Kind of sounds like every day in 2021. Who would have thought that uh, heroes, capes, masks would be part of our everyday experience? One newspaper said this week about the hero in 2021. Out go the capes and tights and superpowers. In comes the surgical mask, the price tag gun, and the virtual classroom. Yes, as people come to our doors tonight, inevitably there will be superheroes who will be ringing the door, stepping back and receiving a trick and or a treat. Heroes. I've been thinking lots about heroes lately, and during this COVID time, have we not all seen or heard or been inspired by everyday heroes? But last Sunday, we looked at a book called Dedicated by Pete Davis, a book I've come to love. It's called Dedicated, The Case for Commitment in an Age of Infinite Browsing. And in that book, he talks about long-haul heroes, people who have committed and been dedicated to the long haul. And it's easy to think about superheroes we might have. As a kid, I would think of Russ Jackson and the Ottawa Rough Riders. Check him out. He was my hero quarterback. I would be on the front lawn throwing the football as far as I could, just like Russ Jackson. But we also in our media have people who would be long haul heroes. People like Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks or Mr. Rogers or Greta Thunberg. These are long-haul heroes, Pete Davis calls us to look at, who committed to the long haul, to the hero's journey, and they're called long-haul heroes. So we've been thinking over the next four weeks about the hero's journey. We began spiritual nurture finally this fall. It was so awesome to see over 50 faces on a screen, people I kind of forgot about, people I've never met. There were people in our church. There were people from Ontario who've never been in our church but found us online. There were people from BC who used to be in our church. By 7, 10 p.m., I was totally filled up and energized just by seeing the heroes on the screen at our spiritual nurture. You know, it's been a, an amazing time to consider 
heroes during COVID. Do you remember way back in March when people banged pots and sang songs from their balcony, the, the heroes that were everyday heroes, the people who have been online watching and learning and teaching classrooms, all kinds of heroes began the COVID story. And then of late, that's been challenged as we're all weary and stressed and anxious by the length of this COVID journey. But hero has been core at this experience that lifts us along. Now, I'm fully aware that we're taking a rip off the hero's journey of Joseph Campbell, who wrote The Hero of a Thousand Faces. But what he's trying to do is get us to look at the hero's journey. The metaphor is archetypal. It crosses all religions and cultures and traditions. And the pattern of the hero's journey is part of every movie or epic story or book or yes, even religions. The myth doesn't mean it's false. It means it's actually centrally true. And in his book and in the video, which you saw a few moments ago, the hero's journey is laid out for us. It's summarized in a sense with a sense that someone is called away from the familiar. They're assisted by a friend or a helper. There's a battle or conflict of some, time, of some kind. There's death and loss and eventually rebirth and return being born anew in a new way. This meta pattern is part of all of these movies, books, stories, and yes, your life and mine, if we pay attention and consider our own heroic journey. Now, I just got to say that this pattern, this hero's journey is part of many ways of looking at institutions and people uh, and psychology. You'll know it in the Christian tradition of life, death, and resurrection is a hero's journey. Or institutions that have order, disorder, and reorder, institutional change. Or psychologically, the first half of life, the transition and the shift to the second half of life. Or you might want to even think about it, how COVID has worked. There was pre-COVID, COVID, we're in it, and we're awaiting post COVID, the liminal space that we sit in is part of this journey. Why do I tell you this? It's because all of these patterns are part of our life and part of the hero's journey, but we're not always clearly seeing it. But there it is, the hero's journey and these different stages in our life story. The hero's journey is a pattern, a common pattern. The hero's journey is my story and yours. On Monday night, we began the session just of the very simple question, who's a hero for you and why? Just listening to some of the responses that day, that evening inspired me as people reflected on who was a hero for them and why. Maybe you want to daydream right now about who has been a hero for you in your life and why and share it with someone else. We're looking at the word hero and breaking it apart, looking first at the H, hero, and heart. And my good friend, Jane Croshaw, who is a tennis pro and a leadership coach, who, who meets me on the paddle court at seven in the morning to play under the lights. Jane is someone who knows this hero's journey as a leadership coach. And she says, heart is at the central part of the hero's journey. Heart is there from beginning to end, she says. 
It is the heart and its vulnerability and its realness and its grit that is part of the journey from beginning to end. Jane says the heart is about aligning ourselves with our values and how we determine we are determined to live from them is our heart business. The hero's journey begins with heart because the heart is at the center of who we are. It is about moving us from selfishness to selflessness. And so the heart in hero is part of the journey for each and every one of us when we're aware. In the evening, I took a bit of time as she looked at, I'll call it the spiritual, and I took the religious aspect because I believe you gotta be spiritual and religious. The most important word is and, but religion has played with heart significantly. In the Bible, heart appears over a thousand times. And I don't mean the hallmark heart. The heart in scripture is the central place. It holds together the intellect, perception, emotion, and volition of a person. It is the center, the core of our truest self. And the job is, by the Creator's Spirit, to hatch the heart. And so our heart is like an egg and it is cracked open by the Spirit. And it is that cracking open that something new is born. And so the heart is central to the religious uh, journey. The heart is about dying to an old way and being reborn, rising in a new way. There are many stories in the scripture about what I would call the hatching of the heart or the hero's journey. And the one that came to mind to me this week is the story of Nicodemus that was read by Laurie a few moments ago. You gotta understand this cool story about Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you see, is talked about three times in John's gospel. He's talked about as the one who first comes by night. Don't you love it? It's like he's, he's sneaking around and by night he comes. People, why did he come at night? Well, you see, he was a leader of the Jewish law, the Sanhedrin. And perhaps he didn't want to be seen by anyone as he was coming to knock on the door and engage in conversation with Jesus about the law. And so he comes by night and enters into the conversation you heard. Jesus essentially said to him, it's not about the law, it's about love. Later on, Nicodemus appears in, the, in John's gospel to be the one who defends Jesus, who says to them as the leader of the law, everyone has the right to be heard before they are judged. And they concede. And then the third time we hear about Nicodemus is at the death of Jesus. It's Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who come with spices, very rich spices, to anoint the body of Jesus after his death. But what's central in this is this encounter with Jesus, where he is told by Jesus, it's not about the law, it's about love. It's not about your mind, it's about your heart. It's about being born anew. Now, Nicodemus debates, how can I go back in my mother's womb? And Jesus says, what I mean by this is you've got to be born from above. Or evangelical communities will often say, or be born again. I often respond when someone says to me, are you born again? I say, yes, I'm born again and again and again and again. Because the pattern of being born again or born anew is an ongoing hero's journey. We are many deaths and many rebirths in our journey. And the hero's journey 
is about being born again, about being born anew. It's about not being pure and selfish, but actually selfish at the end of our journey, where we are selfless for the other and for others in our common journey. So you see, on Monday night, we were about hero and heart and how they come together. And what's been amazing this past week is to be in conversations with people at different meetings or encounters to simply post them, who's a hero for you and why? And as you hear some of the responses, what amazes you is how the heart is central as, as people journey the hero's journey. Some examples. A woman in conversation I'd never met on Zoom said, I'll tell you who my hero is. It's the palliative care doctor who helped me and my husband in the final stages of life. She said their care for him and for her was essential in the final stages of life, the heart at work. Another said, my hero was my sponsor in my addiction recovery program, who always was there, who was always forgiving, always understanding, and who loved me to sobriety. Another said it was a friend from childhood who would text me and call me at times when I was low in my life and encourage me and remind me that I am a beautiful person that lifted me and she's my hero. At our board meeting, a doctor in the community said, I'll tell you who is for me. It's a, a mentor, medical friend of mine in Newfoundland who's heat leading the whole healing process during COVID whose humility and grace and intellect are shepherding people through a very difficult time. The combination of humility, grace, intellect, our heart, words, shepherding in this time. One named a minister who gave them perspective along the way. One named a grandparent who is a First Nations person whose wisdom sharing their traditions and rituals and people of people in their tribe is central to his young life now. Another woman mentioned her maternal grand, grandmother who, who came to Canada in the 1930s under very difficult circumstances. She was widowed at 33, had 10 of her own children under her care and starts a new business, a clothing business. She says, I, as I wandered around Montreal and reflected on this person and what they did in such difficult and challenging times, she's an inspiration to me. One mentioned that it's, a, it's the often silent person, an LGBTQ hero here in Calgary who suffered in jail years after homosexuality was, um, was set free as a way to live, but remained in prison despite this because of their cause. Another talked about nursing care people who, who helped their visit their loved ones during COVID. And one mentioned a church community who gathers online and how important it is to see the faces of one another. You see, we have everyday heroes everywhere and they have journeyed and they've struggled and they have died and they have risen in a new way. And that is what the hero's journey is. I look back at a book that I read a long time ago, The Heart of Christianity by Marcus Borg. It was written in 1990, and Marcus Borg died a few years ago. Marcus Borg is the one that kept me in the church. I would have thrown in the towel a long, long time ago, but he used his wisdom in the Jesus Seminar, his intellect and his compassion 
to help me stay in the game because he is the one who kept me real and helped me to see the importance of the long haul of the metaphors that are so important in the religious journey. Anyway, in this book, as he looks at the centrality of scripture and tradition and faith, he has this beautiful understanding of the work of the Spirit and says essentially, God's job is to hatch our heart. And our hearts are hatched, he says, when we step into and we're part of thin places. The thin places are those experiences that hatch our heart. He says poetry does it. Poetry can hatch and calm and inspire us. Music can make us weep and center into our deepest core and walk and run and dance anew. It's nature can be a thin place or the arts, anything that gets us into our truest self to hatch the heart and move us forward is a thin place. Well, one of the funny things he says in this book is that the church is a thin place. Think about it. The church, if you've been part of one, is a thin place because when we gather, there's an experience that cracks our heart open and we are changed. It might be in meeting a stranger, a conversation, a scripture passage, a sacrament, a sermon, a hymn, or the silence. All of these things that happen in the thin place of of worship, of church, are what hatch our heart open and we are transformed. That's why so many people will say, I come in empty and I leave filled up. It's because our hearts have been hatched, broken open, and we are born anew, born again, born from above in a new way. I want to end this sermon with two emails I received this week that speak perfectly to what I'm trying to say about the hero's journey the heart, and thin places. The first email came and Anne shoved it off to me and we read it and we were delighted. It lifted us up in our journey. It begins like this. Good morning. As a member of another church in this city, I occasionally attended Remembrance Day and Christmas Eve service as a Hillhurst United Church. In February 11th, 2020, I came home from a volunteer shift at Foothills Medical Center to an email and voicemail from my partner. The email simply said, after 37 years of marriage, we're done. We're done. I couldn't face going to my own church and the questions people might raise, so I drove to Hillhurst. The message that day was from a woman who stood at the pulpit who had gone a similar situation than I was 25 years earlier. And then COVID, closed churches. I continued to worship at this other church online, but six months ago, I was very lucky to move to Hillhurst. Six months ago, I tuned into YouTube and your service. I want to tell you how meaningful this has been. I can still hear the loon's call from my summer sermon for the birds. I can remember the quote in the sermon by Parker Palmer about homelessness. It's posted on a blackboard on my wall. And just earlier this week, I was discussing the book Dedicated you spoke of last week, where you looked at the blocks we have the dedication about regret, fear of missing out, and association. 
I shared these with a good friend and we had a rich conversation. All I need to tell you today is this, thank you. As we, and thank you to many others. I look forward to worshiping with you at Hillhurst in person someday. Do you see how this email speaks about the thin place where the heart is touched and open and transformed when we've gone through difficulty like that kind of break and loss and how these messages and participation in the thin place heals us and moves us along in the hero's journey. That's what Marcus Borg is saying in this book, the thin places matter. The last email I wanna share with you is a little bit longer, but it's so important because this congregant who's been here for quite some time shares vulnerably about her own hero's journey. Both of these people, by the way, have given me permission to read these. Here it goes. I have been immersed in a journey of grief these last few months. I had a whole lot of loss all at once, more than I've experienced my whole life. A separation in my marriage, a physical injury immobilized me. I'm just getting back to some kind of normal. And then my child moved away to university and my dad died at the end of August. All of this loss at once, that's a lot of death. I have never really experienced grief I now found myself reverting to the faith of my youth, the old songs we used to sing together, the images of God as Father, rock, and light. The hero's journey, she writes, the hero's journey for me is to look death in the face and come away in new life. I never would have asked for any of this, but I am a different person than I was five months ago, and I wouldn't want the former me back. I wouldn't want the former me back. Continually facing death for, for me, which means hard emotions like shame, hate, anger, sadness, and grief has brought a depth I didn't know I had. A yearning for vulnerability, truth, and intimacy that I now seek in close conversations is very real. The truth is my new drug, speaking my truth, living my truth, and being true to my own story is what keeps me going. For example, my relationship that I was in was toxic, which is a code word I'm using because when I say the word abusive, I'm not always believed by other people, which is devastating to me. It was an emotionally manipulative and controlling situation for most of the, the decades of my marriage. Looking that fact in the face has taken years and being able to speak about it has happened only recently. But it's my truth and denying it only made me unhealthy and made the marriage a secret I had to hold on to alone. Facing the truth and looking for freedom has been a long, hard process, a journey. But because of the depth of the negative and hard feelings that I have to face and feel, the joys are also showing up in a depth I never expected. An amazing star show in the sky, a satisfying run, laughing with my kids, really good bread and butter, the kindness of humans. These are so much richer than I've ever been able to seek and the healing I feel now. New life has meant rewriting what I want and what my new family looks like. 
Brene Brown's work has meant a lot to me, rumbling with suck, being curious about the feelings I'm having and reckoning with the way things have to be now. All of this looking and searching and struggling in the hero's journey matters. Brene Brown said something had to die for forgiveness to happen. I'm still on that particular road and I'm putting ideas and hopes and the past experiences to death in order to move forward and forgive whatever that looks like. The healing is painful and I'm learning to swear more, but I actually wouldn't trade it for normalcy. I don't know how to grow when things are going well. So you see, I feel grateful, actually grateful for my health, grateful for my kids, grateful for my well-being, grateful for food, friends that have rallied around me, for my mom, and grateful mostly for my faith and for the God who has wrapped her arms around me and rocked me in my tears many times in the past month. Grateful to the God, her arms wrapped around me and rocked me in my tears many times this past month. Isn't it amazing to see the testimony of people here, the testimony of people who have experienced the thin place that touches and hatches their heart on the hero's journey and sends them off into the world anew. You see, the Christian journey is a hero's journey. The call of Jesus, the descent to the wilderness, the ministry of Jesus, the surrender of the cross, and the invitation to be born anew in the resurrection. All of this is the hero's journey. I'm alone with a few people in the thin place of this, your church, but we are together through this technology to know that we're not alone, to know that we are loved, forgiven, and set free. And as we journey, may she wrap her arms around us and hold us and rock us, laugh with us and weep with us and lift us to walk anew on our journey. Thanks be to God for this renewing, hatching love that lifts us to life. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.